your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to a Tuesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Solom. Make sure all that's on. Okay, Kaya Fox is in here. She is the executive director of the Habitat for of the Habitat Habitat for Humanity. You changed the name last time yes, we talked. Of the Greater Lacrosse Region. Of the Greater. I knew if I just slowed down, you would. You would I, just. I'll jump in fill and save in. you every time, right? Uh, we're going to talk about housing today, but like Barrett Klein from UDL, he's he's the bug guy at UDL. He's he's like walking out, and you're walking in, and then instead of like pre-show, let's let's game plan a little bit about what we should talk about. All we did was talk about how he's going to get a Black Widow spider. Yeah, and then I go all, like, fangirl on spiders, yes. Yeah, and we, we all decided that we all love spiders, which is very, we're in the minority there, right? Like, nobody likes spiders. Spiders get such a bad rap, and they're such an amazing bug out there, so we need to all love our spiders. Do you have to love spiders working with or being the executive director of Habitat? I think we have to love all things and all creatures, because they make a part of the ecosystem that creates the world in which we live in and spiders are a big piece of that i just feel like if you're going through homes old dilapidated homes or or trying to remodel homes like you have to be one with the spider you can't be like i gotta kill or i'm gonna be afraid of spiders as with your job and with what you do because you won't be able to function spiders yes yes we love our spiders we love the homes they build spiders are great now what's your take on if, if you find a spider and it can't be where do you do you, what do you do? Oh, no, yeah. I'm going to scoop it up in a piece of paper and take it someplace else. Yes, <laughs> that is to, definitely 100%. This, you'll be safe here, little guy, and then take <laughs> a picture. Look at everyone. I'm a psycho. <laughs> that's, that's what I do. I take a little video because it's all, all the time wolf spiders end up in my basement. Oh, they're and, amazing. You and, need to just keep that in your basement. So next, yeah, and that's the thing. Like next week when, uh, so Barrett's going to come on and, and next week, Tuesday, I believe. And uh, so it was like. Real quick, because I couldn't let him go. I'm like, what should I do? Because every, like, once a week I find a wolf spider, even in the winter. And I know they can live outside, but No, I you don't. leave them in your basement. They'll eat all the other bugs. <laughs> can they eat the mice? Can they eat, Can they do that? That would be great. I don't I know if they, they can. they fight mice, maybe. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, they get in the ring. Uh, 608-785-7914. We're not going to talk about bugs. We'll, we'll try to, like, we'll limit the bug talk to that. I, I feel like uh, we're probably not the experts there. Um Habitat, what's Habitat up to lately? Oh, so we've got so many really great things happening at Habitat. So um, it's the end of the year, so we are definitely kind of wrapping things up for 2023 and looking forward to 2024. So we've got a lot of big plans. Um, Our Renew the Block Neighborhood Revitalization Program is really kicking up speed. Um, We're going full speed ahead with our repair program, so we've been helping families make smaller repairs on their houses. This program is brand new in 2023, and it's exploded um, because I think a lot of people are looking for help in making basic repairs to their homes, so we've been able to fill that niche. Is it full? Like, is there a new, is there a 2024 version of this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're going to keep this program going. So we we started out with two full-time staff. Uh, A month later, we hired two new Two more full-time staff because it just blew up so fast and and it's been going full speed ahead. So we are definitely... Okay, what is it called? It's called the Repair Program. And it's a program where we help income eligible and, you know, any individual that owns their home make some necessary repairs. So, you know, those projects that you need help with, you know, we have licensed uh, and insured staff at Habitat for Humanity. I mean, that's what we do all day long is 
is build and repair homes. So why can't we help you know, individuals who own their homes by making those necessary repairs? And we help income-eligible families with 0% interest loans. And then we offset that with market rate projects where you know, you're an individual that needs help hanging a door or installing a few windows or putting up some gutters. We'll come out, we'll take care of that for you. And then you know when you pay Habitat for Humanity that those funds are going to help your neighbors right. that need help. Just so, yeah, it, it it keeps having money local. That's the the whole you know like the 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 Black Friday versus the what is it something local Saturday so, uh, yeah. shop local Saturday. Yeah. I, I totally blew that. I don't remember what it's called. Um, but but that whole the whole spiel there is that that you know seventy percent of that money stays local. And, yep. Um, okay, when you say income eligible. What what is that limit? And then like what what do people like where 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 do people fall? Where like oh I can I actually I would take advantage of that. Yeah, absolutely. So so for example, it's Habitat for Humanity. We work with families that are under eighty percent of the county median income. And so when you're talking about median income, you know, medium is basically on the bell curve, the very top. So. Mm-hmm. The average number of people in the city of La Crosse fall at 100%. We help people who are at 80% of that average. And we uh, offer them 0% interest loans to make those repairs. And anybody above that 80%, we just charge them a market rate price. Mm-hmm. So competitive you know, labor rate, we charge them a standard material rate. Um, and then any of the proceeds that we make off of those market rate projects we then help people who are under 80% of the county median income make necessary repairs on their homes. And so we focus on, you know, emergency repairs, health and safety repairs, aging in place, accessibility, so grab bars, you know, wheelchair ramps, things that people really need yeah. to be able to stay safe in their homes. And so, you know, if you're a, a market rate average homeowner, you can hire Habitat for Humanity and know that when you're making that payment, you're also helping your neighbors. All right, so... How often does I need the thing? And then let's just go walk through the building and see if it's laying around, like the the Habitat building. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. We take stuff from the restore all the time to help with our repair projects. So it's a win-win all around. Because then you're kind of saving material costs. Absolutely. Yeah, we had a ramp donated from somebody. We took it off of a house, and we were able to put it on another house for somebody who needed it. So it's it's a very cyclical process that we use at Habitat. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. So the Judiciary and Administration Committee meets in about 50 minutes in downtown La Crosse. And the City Plan Commission met yesterday at 4. And the Finance and Personnel Committee meets Thursday. And all of them, now does the FMP deal with ADUs? I'm not sure if they deal with ADUs this week. They will next week at the the monthly um, City Council meeting. But... Uh, accessory dwelling units is that wow I've, i remember what adu stands yes, for it's the, good stupid, job. it's the stupidest name uh essentially outhouses outhouse is not a great uh they call, them great? In, they call them mother-in-law houses mother-in-law rooms um so basically you know i feel any, like that's getting canceled we're I, not going to do that anymore. we're not going to do mother i feel like it's well it'll be sexist or, or something like that okay so <laughs> basically just a a, a separate dwelling unit somewhere right. on your property right the the apartment above the garage right like the, something like that a I, carriage I, house. I tried to do the growing pains analogy but then i i added kirk cameron's friend if you remember growing pains oh remember absolutely 100 and that that kid's name is not like you know all that <laughs> you remember <laughs> the kid. but like kirk cameron lived in the but but the the deal is they those aren't in in lacrosse they can't be they they can't have water 
right? It's illegal, essentially. You can't Correct. Re- you can't plumb them. It's Correct. a weird phrase to say, plumb them, because I think the fruit right away. Um, but the City Plan Commission voted against it, which is kind of surprised me. Did it surprise you? It absolutely did. So Habitat for Humanity and a variety of other affordable housing uh, nonprofits in our area, and, and as well as for-profit developers uh, and the Lacrosse Builders Association have all gotten behind the idea of uh, ADUs or alternative dwelling units as options for adding housing to our community in an existing way, you know. Yeah. So we already have Let's, homes, we already have backyards. All right, and I'm, I'm go- I guess I started you on the tangent, and I realize it's five fifteen. We got to take a break, so Let's uh, do we'll, it. We'll, we'll take a break with Kai Fox from the Habitat for Humanity coming up. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Kaya picked this song, by the way. This, yeah. I'll be, this is just put me to sleep here, home for the holidays. I can't. No, Perry Como. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Uh, Kaya's going to be getting a phone call from that caller over the break who said he can help out. So um, that's a thing with Habitat, right? Like you're always, as like the, the Hunger Task Force, all of you are looking for volunteers, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think the holidays is a great time to kind of sit back and think about, you know, you know, how do we want to approach 2024 and think about things that are passionate to you and, and contact your local nonprofit organization and see how you can help. Cause this is, this is a great time to think about ways that in 2024 we can make the world a better place. All right. Back to ADUs, accessory dwelling units, which is a terrible name. We just need to better and you call them mother-in-law houses? Is yep. that what you call them? <laughs> and, and I don't think that's a that good... Is- and that's not a good name where I could just understand. And I can't come up with a good name for... Outhouses is a terrible name because that's a bathroom that's not connected to a house. Uh, but that's kind of what we're talking about because... but In the opposite way, but these houses aren't plumbed, so no house isn't plumbed either. Um, but the, the City Plan Commission voted against this 5-3 to three yesterday, uh, just allowing... I, what do you think the dilemma there was? Why would they vote against it? What is the downfall to allowing you to take a, a separate building at, on your property and plummet so that you can rent it out or have your mother-in-law stay there when she, A, comes for the weekend or B, your, you know, God forbid, your grandparents or parents, you know, fall ill and you have to, or your, your kids going to college and they just live out there. Um, I think, the concern that I've heard is, you know, how to regulate and make sure that those are safe units, you know, so that people who are thinking about converting, you know, a carriage house or an outdoor building into something that is, you know, livable, habitable for people, yeah. that they're, that it's a choice that's made that's providing safe places for people to stay. Um, but I think the, the miss on that is that it's a huge opportunity to provide you know, additional access to affordable housing in our community. Um, and there's ways that we can regulate that, you know, so this is, this is a zero sum game for the city. It doesn't cost them anything to approve right. it literally allowing says, ADUs. It literally says that on the staff report, fiscal impact, $0. So, um, okay. So, but the the other thing the committees and the, the council will vote on next week is short-term rentals. And the idea of regulating that, I think the JNA is going to take up that this evening too, but the FNP, the Finance and Personnel Committee, we talked about that yesterday. What they're going to do is is charge like $100 so that if you want a short-term rental, you have to register it, and it's going to cost you 100 bucks a year, I believe. And so if I, if I redid my out mother-in-law house 
and plumbed it, then I would have it would turn into a short term rental, I would assume. Potentially, right? yes. potentially. And then therefore it would be registered. And then, you know, to come and regulate it. Right. Like come and and do the, the whole check. I guess I don't know how all this works. I did see it as a huge disconnect. You know, we're saying yes to one thing and no to another when they seem fairly similar to me. Um, and, you know, we have an inspection department that could regulate, you know, making sure that these are habitable dwellings, that there's minimum standards that need to be met. Um, in order to register an ADU in our community. Uh, So I think it's a huge loss and miss for our community because at the end of the day, the city of La Crosse needs more housing. So uh, I just saw a report uh, released at the state level that shows La Crosse actually has one of the biggest disconnects in the number of available jobs um, as compared to the housing units available. So we have more jobs than we have housing units. And so if you talk about how that relates, you know, for every job, there should be some place for somebody to live. And that is that the county? That's the city. Of That's La the city. Okay. Um, and so, you know, when you take a look at that data, you know that we're behind the eight ball when it comes to housing. And so any way that we can provide access to that in our community is a, is a win. Um, and so, you know, Habitat for Humanity strongly supports ADUs in our community as a, an affordable and just housing in general solution. So really hoping that the other committees uh, will see it for what it is um, and that hopefully the city council will take a look at it next week and support it. Okay. Why are ADUs... Of an altern- why are ADUs good for for the lacrosse housing stock? Because I'm I'm thinking like if 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 I let my college kid my kid live there and go to college, then he's actually not paying rent. He's not adding. I don't know. Like, do you understand? Like, it's not a somebody can't rent this. Somebody can't buy this. It's just another rental, I guess. Right? I mean, yep, yep. It's it's an option in the in an area where we don't have enough options. Right. Um, and so, you know, in the state of Wisconsin, for every a uh, hundred people that need access to affordable housing, we have 35 units available. So that's a gap of 65 units per hundred people. That's huge. Um, and then the city of La Crosse, we have, we're landlocked. We have the Mississippi River on one side and we have the bluffs on the other. So access to available land is something that's in huge priority in the city of La Crosse. And so this is, is thinking outside the box and saying, you know, our backyards have plenty of land that we can have access to, you know, our parents, our children, other individuals in our community to have safe and affordable housing options where there's, you know, limited supply. Um, and so why not? Yeah, it's not it's not a ton different than just having a house for rent, right? Right. Like it's just a smaller. It could be. It might not even be a smaller version. It might be like I converted my out my separate garage into an entire house. Like you could do it that way if you really wanted to go. I sometimes laugh at when I see some of my neighbors. Their garages are bigger than their houses. Like they've got you know I've I built this separate garage and it's like a three stall and I'm like your your garage where you just park your cars is. It's way more space than you You should convert that to a house, you know? Oh, um, absolutely. But you, you talk about, like, there's not enough housing in the city of La Crosse to the number of jobs. We talked about this, I think, last week or two weeks ago. Um, the city of La Crosse also is the, and it's it's pro-rate, or it's it's rated based on, you know, like, it's not just the number of people, but the, the population total. Um, the city of La Crosse has the fastest declining number of people in it. In the state, mm-hmm. uh, the Milwaukee Journal put out this story um, recently. Lacrosse has declined by one point three three percent from fifty two hundred six hundred eighty people in twenty twenty to fifty one thousand nine hundred seventy eight people in this year. So, um, and while that's happening, the county actually grew because the people in the city are actually moving 
to Onalaska Holman, um, which is probably for for people that run the city are like, OK, we need to figure out a way to bring those people back or do. And, and ADUs would be a, I feel like would that be a good way to do that a little bit? That's absolutely an option. You know, that that is that is the the rub that we have in the city of La Crosse is that the city of La Crosse offers the services. It offers the jobs. It offers our nightlife, our second places to go besides our homes. So, you know, our bars, our restaurants, our, you know, areas that we can go and have fun at. But people are progressively moving outside of the city for their homes. So they travel in every single day to work and play and eat, but then they move out and pay their taxes in the surrounding communities. And so the city of La Crosse has the burden of the people who come in, but they don't get the benefit of the taxes that people pay for staying here. So finding ways for people to, at the end of the day, when they get done with work, when they get done eating out, they stay in the community, they pay taxes in that community is what we need to aim for. And so providing additional options um, for people to be housed in the city of La Crosse is where we need to be aiming for. So there's a giant miss uh, there's a miss here that's happening in how we are structuring the city of La Crosse. And there's another, and, and I don't want to get too into the weeds, but the city of La Crosse is considered an entitlement community, meaning it gets access to a lot of really great federal dollars because it is a community that's over 50,000 in population. Mm-hmm. The closer we get to that cliff of 50,000 means access to those funds for the city of La Crosse could go away. Oh, wow. And so we need to see a more robust community where the population continues to grow. And, you know, the reports for the city of La Crosse in the next 10 years, 20 years, it's pretty stagnant. Do you think the city council knows that? They are well aware. <laughs> I feel like they should know that, right? Yes. Uh, just the, yeah, because when uh, the city plan commission votes against ADUs, that's, I mean, it's, we're at, you know, like if I pull the number back up, 51,978 people. We're not all that far away from going under that 50,000 person mark. I mean, and it's interesting, too, because that's also a dilemma with the La Crosse School District is they have declining enrollment, which has led to them, you know, talking very seriously about closing two elementary schools. I think it's going to happen. I don't know which two at this point. There's the Hinchin and Northwoods are on the docket. But the, the talk has been for years. Hey, we have too many buildings. I mean, do, does Habitat, just off the sidebar, but does Habitat look at that and go, hey, there's an opportunity. There's going to be vacant buildings. How, we, housing. We should put housing in those. Oh, absolutely. Like anything that comes up, we're all excited when, you know, the, the word on the street is that housing is going to go in. Because at the end of the day, whether it's affordable housing, if it's market rate housing, we are just in a gap. Uh, there is not enough front doors for the people who want to live in our community. There's not enough front doors for the amount of taxes that we need to take in in order to sustain the city of La Crosse and the services that are offered. Um, obviously, at Habitat for Humanity, I think it's really important that we don't forget that affordable housing is one of the biggest needs that we have in our community. And so we can't you know, make sure that we're putting in houses without forgetting that some of those units and, and a, a large number of those units need to be affordable for the people who are living and working here. Um, but at the end of the day... You know, housing is housing, and we need to support any developments in our community that puts front doors for people to walk in, live in, pay taxes for, you know, have local jobs for, that supports the taxes and the things that we do here in the city. Yeah, I wonder how difficult it is to, if you have a developer, they want to come in and and put in fancy apartments or fancy condos or fancy whatever it is to get people to move in there, but also... Oh, we also need to, to offset that with something affordable that other people, mm-hmm. but it's like, well, I actually want to sell the, the house that's going to go for $300,000 versus, you know, doing these, these $150,000 homes. 
Well, and the cost of construction means that it's it's not possible for people to develop affordable housing and make money. Right. You know, so that's that's the unfortunate thing. So, you know, people aren't developing affordable housing because there's no dollars in it. So, you know, props to people doing market rate housing because we need it. We need people to be building places. Um, but at the expense of affordable housing is not the way to go because, you know, we need the people who are our service workers to have places to stay. And we also need, you know, our young professionals, our young starter families to have access to home ownership in our communities. And when we're not developing those housing units, then we create this like disconnect in how we've done housing for the last many, many centuries is, you know, people, you know, they, they get their education, they get their first jobs, they move in and buy houses and that's not happening. And so the impacts to the economy when people stop buying houses is something that we haven't seen. And I'm really concerned of the impacts that will come when, when not enough people are investing in our communities. 608-785-7914 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Kaya Fox, Kaya Fox is the executive director of the Habitat for Humanity Greater Habitat of the Greater La Crosse area. Region. 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 <laughs> She's hanging out this hour. But we got to take a break. We'll be back after this. On a bright Hawaiian Christmas day That's the island greeting that we send to you from the land. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Solom. In the studio with me is Kaya Fox from the Habitat for Humanity Greater Lacrosse Region. Yes. Okay, you I got it. it. Uh, she's the executive director there, staying out at this hour. Try to bring her in about once a month because housing is such a critical, uh, I don't know, dilemma in in the city of Lacrosse. Maybe maybe the county nationally. Maybe, maybe the nation. Maybe the world. I would agree. Uh, and you know when we were talking earlier today about just. Hey, what what are some of the things I talk we could talk about? I started I started very broad with like BlackRock buying housing and Jeff Bezos's group, so the Amazon founder uh, buy like first of all he's contributing a hundred million dollars for 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 homelessness, and you're like, yay, Jeff! And on the on the flip side, his company, so it doesn't have his name on it, is buying hundreds of millions of dollars of single family homes, which is this. Like, I don't know, this like dystopian, if you want to, I don't know if it's a conspiracy theory, but when giant companies or groups buy um, up all the, the the home stock, right, like then they get to control how much homes are worth. And we're seeing that in areas of the nation. Oh, yeah. Milwaukee is being hit by it pretty bad. So, oh, really? So we have, you know, typically people who own rental properties and communities are usually members of that community. Um, but we're seeing rental property as being a, a commodity that a lot of larger companies are seeing as an asset. Um, so they're heading into larger cities and buying up large single family houses and turning them into rentals. And they're basically like price setting rental properties within those communities. And it's, it's really concerning. We need to be paying attention to it and we need to find ways um, to kind of offset this and, and, and keep them out of our communities. Don't we see this in like all the TV shows, like even like some of the super, like the, the, the guy comes in and tries to, there's one old lady still living in the building and she won't leave. And, and then the mob comes in and, yes. and roughs her up until she dies or until she's forced to leave and then they tear down that building and put something up, you know, where they can charge more. For, and then that community disappears and a whole richer community comes in. And then therefore, whoever buys up that. I mean, that's kind of what's happening, whatever. I can't give you a great TV show that that's on, but it's, you know, any any mob story TV show. Well, and I think I think you're you're kind of hitting at that spot like we it's it becomes a difficult price 
to control when the it's coming from the outside in. Um, so when your properties, when a lot of your your income earning properties that are literally people's houses are owned by outside corporations, like large national or multinational companies are owning the properties within your community, then the control of how much you charge, how much they're worth starts getting taken out of your hands. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's very concerning. All right. We're going to go to the phones. we got a couple of callers uh, waiting on hold. Joe, you've been waiting. Thanks, man. Go ahead. You're on with Kaya. Yeah. So one of the problems that you pointed out were larger entities with the ability to, to buy these properties up with cash and then charge what they want. I think the real problem is, is once these people decide that this is no longer a cash cow from out of the areas of like Milwaukee where they're buying these properties up, then these properties are going to be left to rot, you know, even in, in worse conditions than what they are now. And my, my worry is that China is going to come in and buy these properties up, and they're going to be one of the largest home, you know, uh, property, single-family pro- single property owners in the United States in the next decade. Um, is there something that we could do? Uh, I know that a lot of the younger generation wants to be in the city. They're doing a lot of rentals. Is there... I mean, I see a lot of these mortgage programs that are ridiculous. Couldn't, couldn't we have one that you enter into a rental agreement while you're in college and working a few years in the city, and every month that you pay your rent on time gives you a credit towards uh, doing like a construction loan, buying a piece of property and building a single-family house. Uh, you know, give these kids who are putting everything into it and borrowing money and doing all the right things, give them some type of a, a construction credit or a mortgage credit so they can turn around and and when they're ready to get out of the city, they can buy a piece of property and build a home. Can we do something like that, kind of get this home ownership back on track before China buys all these properties up? Well, whether it's China or Jeff Bezos, I mean, whoever, whoever it is that buys all the properties up, we don't want, essentially, we don't want one group being able to buy up all the properties, right? I mean... We want, we want the people who work in our communities to invest in our communities. You know, so we want people who have jobs working at convenience stores or at the hospital or, you know, professional careers making an investment by buying properties and being homeowners in our community. So absolutely. So finding outside the box ways of thinking about it. And, and there are programs across the United States that exist like that where, you know, a portion of people's rent payment is put aside for a down payment assistance towards purchase of a house. Yes. Is need- it generally when it does that? Like if I rent from the house, because a lot of times I'll go to college here, right? But mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to be locked into buying this house that I'm living in or mm-hmm. You know, so like maybe that's general and then, oh, okay. well, you want to leave. But maybe it's like you if you as long as you stay in Wisconsin or something. I don't know. I think there's some really great ways that we can look at that. So maybe it's not college students, but young professionals um, that have found a career path in the city of La Crosse that are looking at purchasing, but they don't have the down payment assistance. They don't have the capital at this point. But we can find ways that a portion of the rent that they're paying is being set aside and saved. Um, in order to provide down payment for a, a purchase of a home. And, and those are, there are programs like that across the United States. And I think we can think outside the box and find ways um, to convince and encourage people uh, instead of outside investors but our inside members to invest in their communities. I mean, I don't want to deep dive into this too much, but where would that, that portion of the rent goes to who and then that person has to save it, you know, like – well, it, there would have to be a government entity doing that, right? Because otherwise, we're just oh, BlackRock. You know, well, it's like, income, oh, we're doing it that way. Rentals are income 
accruing properties. You mm. know, so there is there's profit that's being made off of that. If you are a nonprofit organization or another, uh, you know, government entity, you know, you're not concerned about that profit. That profit then can be turned right. back into an investment. And so there's ways that we can structure things like that. All right, Andy's been waiting very patiently. Or he, or he hasn't. He hasn't not. at all. <laughs> Andy, what was Andy's question? Um, oh, he was talking about uh, Airbnbs. And he said, I think he, he was in Rochester, living in Rochester, and Airbnbs are prevalent there. I, they're not very, they're not as prevalent here. I think, I want to say Mitch said there was around, Mayor Mitch Reynolds said last time he was on with me, there's around 100, 110 or something. I think that was, I don't think that was short term. I think that was Airbnbs. But he said, they're, they're great in Rochester because then people come in, they hang out for the weekend, they spend a bunch of money here, and then they're out. This whole, like, they're two, they're partiers and they're destroying neighborhoods because, they come in and, and wreck whatever is, is kind of a misnomer. Oh, absolutely. I think I think the bigger issue is that when people use their properties as Airbnbs, those are properties that are taken off the market for local people. Right. So when you, you're in a housing shortage um, and working to find options for the people who already live here to find affordable places to stay, the more you remove from that market in order to have Airbnbs, then that drives up the price because it, it lowers the amount of yeah, options available. Yep. Um, so, you know, that's why, you know, things like ADUs and ways to find, like those would be great Airbnbs. Because, yeah. you, know, you know, Mayor Mitch is correct. You know, we want to encourage people to come to our areas. Airbnb is a great way. Uh, we're a huge tourist community as far as the outdoor recreation that we have in the city of La Crosse. And so, you know, instead of hotels, people are looking for kind of like off the beaten path ways to, you know, immerse themselves in communities and Airbnbs is a very popular way to do that. I don't think we could ever say that we can't or could regulate or not allow Airbnbs in our communities. I think there's ways that we can make sure that. Well, we certainly could, but the state doesn't allow that. Correct. Um, other states do. Yep. And it, it's not like the worst idea. There, there's, you know, there's two different ways to look at Airbnbs. It's one, I own a home and, and then I own another home and just rent it out for whatever period of time as an Airbnb. Uh, but then that person would have to have the wherewithal to be able to own one home and be able to rent out another home. So like regulations on how many homes you could you own or something like that. But that's like, you know, something that I don't think Wisconsin is even considering at this point. Yeah, it would be really difficult, I think, at, at this current climate to be able to find a way past that. But I think, you know, the, the outside alternative is, is just making sure that we're finding ways to add more units to our community. So, right. you know, encouraging Airbnbs, allowing people to have that as an asset, um, encourage people to come to our community, but also making sure that that's, we're not limiting ourselves to create more stock in our community. Yeah. And the city council is, is taking up some, some measures to, to kind of deal with not Airbnbs per se, but that's just a company name, right? These, the, the general name for it is short-term rentals, but they've hijacked the they're the clinics of housing, right? Yes, like correct. They're the, the, the tissue paper of housing, Airbnbs. Uh, short-term rentals, I know uh, FMP on Thursday is, is going to, I would say they probably vote for like a $100 registration regulation fee. Or, and then uh, I know FM, or, uh, the, the, count, the committee tonight, which one is it? Judiciary and Administration is, is taking up short-term rentals tonight. Um, all right, we're going to take one more break and continue with Kai Fox from Habitat for Humanity of the Greater Lacrosse Region. Of the Greater Lacrosse Region, yeah. I don't. I got to throw the oven there. All right, we'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM six zero eight. 785-7914 is the talk and text line. Doing a bad job of looking at the talk and text line. 
So many tabs open, Kaya. Kaya Fox, Habitat for Humanity of the Greater Lacrosse Region is in here. Um, let's just go through some of these. ADU is an option with aging population. It also increases the value of the property. More tax money for the city. What a short-sighted vote. And now the highest sewer rates in the area. Why would anyone want to live in the city? So uh, I don't know if they have the... Well, I guess in the area, if you want to say the highest sewer rates in the area. We saw sewer rates increase. Um, that was from uh, Jim. Uh, Steve says, lacrosse offers nothing but Libby ideology, and people are tired of it and too high of taxes. The housing idea you're speaking of is not why people are moving. Get common sense thinkers on the city council to make better ideas and solutions. Um, and then Dave says, uh, less immigration would fix this problem. Okay. Uh, thanks, Dave. <laughs> um, all right. So, I don't know. You want to tackle any of those? The the the, the one that the ADU is uh, an option with... ADU is an option with an aging population. That makes sense. Uh, it also increases the value of the property. Does it increase property value? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's an improvement on the land, and so there, it would be taxed. More tax money for the city. Okay, so if I'm bringing in grandma to live in, I don't know why we'd throw grandma out there. Is, no. that, is that what we do? Like, grandma, you go live out in this tiny, you call it the mother-in-law house. So. Oh, absolutely. And that's, I mean, that's what they started as. You know, yeah. so ADU started as ways for, you know, extended family to have options for living together without being under the same roof. I suppose they kind of, maybe they want their own like little space. Absolutely. Um, all right. So does it increase the more, more tax money for this city? Yeah, does it- absolutely. So when you tax a property, you tax the land and you tax the improvements to that land. So if it's on a permanent foundation, okay. with hook up to electrical and sewer, then it's an additional improvement on the property and would be equally taxed. Okay. Because the alternative is it's not. Improved, right? Right. The, right. I just don't understand why they would vote against it because the alternative is it's just a house out there. It's not even. It's just a building that I can't utilize Correct. to its fullest extent, mm-hmm. and allowing me to utilize it if I want to. So I don't know. It seems weird. Um, and then he said, uh, "Yeah, it, why would anyone live in the city?" I, I guess the more people we have here, the, the taxes would go down, right? If we if we brought more people the in, more pro- the more properties that we have that are being taxed, that spreads that out farther across the needed services in the city of La Crosse. So absolutely. You know, so rising tide raises all ships. The more that we have, um, the less that we all have to share across. All right. So uh, one other thing I want to talk about before I let, uh, Kai, well, I guess we'll be, the show will be over, is this this thing that you have. Is it on all of your social medias? Oh, is yeah. It on your you, ha- you ask, yeah. Instagram, on Facebook. You check us out on Habitat. We are... Um, we were nominated to be one of five nonprofits across the state of Wisconsin to compete under the Carols for a Cause fundraiser. Uh, so we are competing with four other nonprofits across the state uh, to win $15,000 for our end-of-year campaign. Um, so this Carols for a Cause program, if you vote for Habitat for Humanity of La Crosse and we are the winning nonprofit, we get a total of $15,000. So we really want the community in La Crosse to rally around our local nonprofits. Uh, vote for Habitat for Humanity. If you go to our webpage and our events page, you can find the link to vote. It's one vote per person. And last year, apparently, the winning nonprofit got 2,000 votes, and I think we can blow that out of the water here in La Crosse. 
Yeah, how, when does it end? When so is, it ends on Saturday. So oh. you have between now and Saturday oh, to vote for Oh, it doesn't Habitat. have very many votes right now based on your last email. Yeah, we have about 250 people who have voted for us so far. We're in third place out of the five nonprofits, and I think we can step it up here in the city of La Crosse. So you say one one per vote. It does make you you input all your information, but like it's one per uh, you know email address. If email you address, yes. Wink, wink, <laughs> nudge, nudge. Um, and, and this thing, here's the thing, is I, 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 I wouldn't want to talk about this or promote this if it was you versus some other area even if it was Winona or something else um but it's it's lacrosse habitat for humanity versus eau claire versus milwaukee's habitat versus uh a wausau radio station yep what um maybe we should have got on this um and then versus a madison um probably home thing it's yep. called urban league whatever um so this is like uber local so yes. like there's no reason not to go uh, so go to the habitat for humanity webpage and then Habitat for Humanity, the lacrosse webpage, and then find the events link, right? Yep, and it will be right there. You click on it. It'll take you less than two minutes to fill it out. Um, but every vote counts, and the more that we can show that we support our local nonprofits here in lacrosse, uh, it brings dollars to our community. And $15,000 goes a long way at Habitat for Humanity. And some of the things that you have done this year, I feel like you're setting records, and then you're setting yourself up to you know, have to do harder work next year. Um, you've built more homes than you ever have before from the ground up, and then you've rehabbed more homes than you ever have before, too. Is, am I right on both cases? Oh, absolutely. So we had 12 homes total in 2023. Um, half of those were rehab houses, so they were houses that we bought and basically tore them down to the stud walls and rebuilt them. So, you know, diverted, you know, things from the landfill. We were able to save some really historic houses. One of the houses we rehabbed um, was on one of the original plats for the city of La Crosse. So we dated the house back to 1850 uh, at least. That was the earliest that we were able to get. So we were able to kind of preserve one of those basic you know, beginning houses in the city of La Crosse and recycle it for another family in our community. Um, and then uh, we also had six houses that we built from the ground up. So these are houses that we poured foundations. Uh, we also tore down a few houses that were definitely uh, distressed properties. And so we took those off the market and are replacing them with some brand new homes. Um, and then we also moved our first house. So we were able to take a house that was going to be torn down, pick it up and move it down the block uh, to another location. So a Habitat with the housing market the way it is, the prices the way they are, we have to think outside the box on how we approach affordable housing development in our communities. And so we're, you know, putting all of the things in our arsenal to build more houses and provide more families with the access to first-time home ownership. And what's the difference when you guys rehab a home or, or build a home from the ground up? Like, who goes into that home? Can you kind of describe that family or that person? Because they're they're low income, right? So they are under 80% of the county median income, which we talked about before. And a family of four, 80% of the county median income in the city of La Crosse is about $47,000. So a lot of people can put themselves in that income range. Um, but we're talking about with housing prices the way they are, the average house price in the city of La Crosse is about $260,000. You have to make more money than that to afford an average house in the city of La Crosse. Mm -hmm. And so we've pushed a lot of people out of the opportunity to buy homes that normally would have been able to. So these are people who have done everything right. Their credit scores are great. Their employment history is wonderful. They have money in savings accounts. But based on their income, they cannot buy an average house in the city of La Crosse. It just is unattainable. So we are bridging that gap for families by everything they've done right. 
working with them to be able to purchase their first homes. And the gap that we do to bridge that difference in the house prices they are today and the incomes that exist out there is we offer our houses at 0% interest. So they buy them for the full appraised value, but the loan that they get is 0% interest. And that's the game changer that allows families that never would have been able to buy a house an opportunity to invest, to build wealth, to have security for them and their families. Um, and, and with the way it is now, we need more programs that allow people access to affordability in home ownership, or else we're going to find an economy where people aren't investing in their communities. They're not buying into properties. And if we don't have that, that's going to impact all of us. And a lot of these homes, again, I'll, I'll just go back to when you're building these homes, how, how often are you shopping at the restore just to kind of like the fill time. the gaps? All the time. And, and we have our reclaim program where we go into homes and take things out and we will literally remove things from houses out there and the volunteers will move it to one of our habitat houses and we'll install it there. How often do you just, oh, hey, I got something. Can you guys, do you guys want this? Can you come get it? Like, is there any, any, any way where you'd be like, no, we don't want you to even like, like. We want it all. Okay. We want it all. And we do free local pickup. Yeah. Um, our reclaim program where we move items from your home for free. So we bring in staff and volunteers and we take out kitchen cabinets and light fixtures and flooring and we do it all for free. And then at the end of the day, we hand you a tax donation receipt that says, thanks for all your donations. So, uh, you know, we're here to help everybody, regardless of who you are and everything that has to do with housing in your community. So not only do we talk about housing, but we are here to walk the walk. We build the housing, you know, we support the housing no matter who you are. That's Kai Fox from Habitat for Humanity of the Greater Lacrosse Region. Thanks, Kai. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening, calling, texting. We'll do it again tomorrow.